kind of who beats who to send yes. in the article first. Yes. Um, things are changing every week. It is. It's all right. We're kind of going with the flow. It's not so much what would Jesus do, but let's ask the question, what did Jesus do? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Generations Church Midweek Podcast, a podcast about everyday people who are committed to expanding God's family because of Jesus for generations to come. My name's John. I'm the engagement pastor here, and sitting next to me is Kyle, the lead pastor. I'm just going to leave you hanging this week. I know. Uh, I, I was, was going to, no, no, no funny sound, no. I was no. waiting for your pop-up. No, no, I just, I, I had to make it a little awkward there for a second, a little, little silence. It's okay, man. Things are changing every week. It is. It's all right. We're kind of going with the flow. We got, uh, we had someone who requested that we come back to the apartment. So, Alex. This is for you. Hopefully, you're actually watching because we moved to the apartment for you. You're welcome. So, <laughs> but Kyle, um, our Sunday teaching this past week, uh, we kind of got to the, what almost feels like the end of a section yes. in Colossians. You kind of framed that up in our embodied series, mm-hmm. um, a smaller subsection of a bigger series, I guess you could say. Yes. And we're talking about this Christian community mm-hmm. of how us as Christians and believers of Jesus who want to follow and imitate him, how we deal with that in an everyday sense in a uh, world that might not necessarily be Christian uh, when there's outside pressures yeah. and almost just different things being cast upon the church, even from people within. So uh, what has been kind of your mindset in talking about this Christian community section? So the series Embody comes about as we are supposed to be the physical presence of Jesus within the world as the mm. church. And Jesus has been raised to life. Yeah. Therefore, those who are in Jesus are raised to life and should live in accordance with the way in which he lived. Yeah. And that was the thrust of this weekend's teaching was the Christian community will look this way. They'll be committed to this goal of being the faithful presence of Jesus within the world when they yeah are characterized in some of these ways. And so we've, we've, over the last several weeks, we've looked at the progression of why Paul says this should be the case, how yeah. this community is characterized, and then also what the priorities of the church should have within the world. And as we move forward, we'll see how these principles are then applied to the first century family for Paul. Mm-hmm. But really, we are at the end of a section And it's important to understand that Christian community is supposed to be an attractive community because it's supposed to be the representation of Jesus within our world. And so, John, as we have gone through this, we've been informed by a lot of different people. We've we've (laughs) talked about a lot of just different theological concepts and also tried to get practical in some ways. But I think it's helpful as people watch this, to understand what's some of the personal journey that we go on as we go through and we think through this series. And also, as we bring out different ideas and concepts, I I mentioned a few in this weekend's teaching that those ideas weren't original to me. Mm -hmm. They were informed by someone else. And so I think it's helpful for us to just start off and give people a little insight of where where we're learning or what we are learning who we're learning from, and how that's informing as we bring okay. th- this idea of Christian community to bear. So okay, here's the question. John, who or what are you learning from right now? 
a couple of people that come to mind. Um, some some of you, you may heard of, some of you may not. I know one of the people that you and me kind of go back and forth with is a Carrie Newhoff. We, mm. I feel like it's once or twice a week that yes. either one of us are sending yes. each other an article. It's kind of who beats who to send yes. in the article first. Yes. Uh, that's, I think that's been a, he's been a great influence and help of understanding culture and just kind of in the Christian sphere sense of where the church is moving. Uh, he talks a lot with different church leaders all the time, and yeah. that's half of what his interviews are, yes. is to talk to different church leaders in different locations and contexts and understand yes. what they're going through and understanding. Yes. And that goes to make about most of his articles and understanding. Um, another, I think another one that I really like is, um, his name is Dan White Jr., I believe. I follow him on Twitter. Uh, he's been a fun one who's, uh, kind of mm. making some cultural uh, conversations, has a different understanding of some different uh, church models. Okay. Uh, it's actually one of my, the books that are like uh, Church's mm. Movement that I've really kind of taken okay. into. Of um, They kind of go about this home church model of basically inviting people into your home and living every day with mm. people and really allowing for church to go beyond Sunday into our okay. home sphere. And so he's been an interesting one who's, seeing church in a different lens and different way of working mm. and even kind of encouraging people in the midst of all that's going on with church, not necessarily being able to be a large Sunday gathering and mm. some of the stuff that he's been encouraging and talking about and identifying and mm. kind of helping shape some of that Okay. outside of uh, Christian sphere. Um, I think it's always fun to kind of find different um, things to listen to. Mm -hmm. I, I've recently got into podcasts a lot. And so one of my favorite ones right now, um, you might've listened to it. It's in the top 25 on, uh, Apple podcasts. Okay. So I'm going to give them a shout out. Darkest timeline with Ken Jeong mm -hmm. and Joel McHale, two of the guys who were, uh, kind of core people on a old show called community recently came out on Netflix. But what's been interesting is the whole show isn't uh, the podcast isn't only about their show. Some of it is. They take some mm. questions, so it's really fun. But even them kind of talking about how they're dealing and seeing things shaping in our world uh, from a coronavirus perspective with Ken Young uh, having MD, having medical history, his wife yeah. uh, being a part of that as well. It's been interesting hearing from someone like that mm. uh, to kind of balance out some of what we hear um, because you have to find some form of a balance and not just one extreme side okay um i think that's been one of my biggest things is trying to find different uh people to listen to and to observe um some in the christian world and some not in the christian world to see how uh, people outside the church mm. people who don't believe in god how are they dealing with what's going on mm. how are they processing through it how um how do they think the world should be going how people should be acting and responding to what's happening mm. and i think that's been something that's been really interesting to even hear and see out of that. They had on one of their interviews, they had Joe Russo. Uh, most of you might know the Russo brothers uh, from all the Avengers movies that have basically taken over Marvel movies. Yes. Um, that have just taken over movie culture recently. And he was on there talking about mm. all the procedures his family has gone through. I'm not sure if he's Christian or what, mm. but a lot of what he's talked about is, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wear a mask for the people around me. And so even when I come home to my family, mm. I don't contract anything bringing home family mm. they have like a they've taken some precautions some people might think it's overkill but they mm. have like a disinfecting station where they leave packages wipe it down clean it but even to see how different people are responding to what's going on 
I think it's been super fascinating and interesting uh, during this time. So you, you gave us two Christian influences and then a, a, another podcast. How do they, again, you talked about the darkest timeline, yeah. is about a show called Community. Yeah. How do they frame up this idea of Christian community and being the embodied presence of Jesus within the world? So even as you think of the, mm. the non-Christian influences, how do they speak about community? That might be helpful for us to understand Mm. Well, that's actually really funny. Community, community. I didn't like that. Didn't even plan it. Didn't even think about that. But that's that's a nice little on the fly kind of catch. I like it. I think one of the things that uh, you notice in the show, um, in just how they interact with each other, and I know it's scripted, and some of it's meant to be humorous, and like it's a people joke about TV shows. In thirty minutes, you're going to get to a resolution at the end. Everybody's going to be happy. But even understanding that within um, communities and cultures with groups of people, there is going to be very different point uh, views. There are going to be very different people, mm. different backgrounds, and that's going to lead to a lot of friction in a lot of TV shows that is very um, taken to the extreme. And so mm. you see it like overkill, like, oh my gosh, they're having this big conflict and it's causing this thing ripped across the entire school. That's not necessarily always going to happen yeah. to the degree in which it happens. Like there's one part on the show where they have a pillow fort and blanket war that takes up the entire school and encompasses everybody. But at the core of it, it is a conflict between two people and mm. how that affects the people around them. I think that is something to draw away and for us to even understand in a Christian community that you are having people from different backgrounds. We want different people from different cultures, understandings, because they bring insight and wisdom and just a different perspective mm. into the community to make it better. But along with that, of having different people, mm -hmm. there's going to be friction. And we've talked about this a lot, and it's how do you deal with that? Mm. And are you going to allow that to divide you, or are you going to allow that to help you grow? It's interesting because one of the main ingredients, or I should say priorities, of the Christian community is letting the peace of God rule. Yeah. Jesus calls us to be peacemakers in our world and in our community yeah and that is one of the priorities that separates christian community from other communities in the world is not so much the absence of conflict yeah. but the call to peace that says as we make decisions as we process through this together ultimately our goal is not to just appease or to have that absence yeah. of conflict the goal is is true peace which, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, that includes forgiveness. Yeah. That includes a right understanding of reconciliation. Yeah. But even as we go through this process together, yeah. the peace of God must rule. That must be our ultimate aim, yeah. is, is having peace in the Christian community. Because other type of communities, at the end of the day, you can, you can step out of membership. Yeah. You, can, you can leave. You can go yeah. join a different club. And you can go join a different CrossFit gym. Yeah. You can, you, there, there's a, but the church, when you are in Christ, yeah. unless you completely walk away from your faith, what we are called to is to call to have a level of peace that functions as the umpire mm. in, in our conflict. And so yeah. as we exist and have people of different backgrounds, we really need to keep that front and center. So yeah. in a TV show yeah. or in talking about a TV show can get very dramatic, can yeah. become very over the top. 
But it's easy to say, man, that would almost that's almost easier to to fall into, yeah. rather than pursue a peace that is supposed to, that is supposed to rule. And I yeah. hear Kerry Newhoff; he's one of my influences, yeah. as you had mentioned. What I hear him talk about Christian community and what churches are called to is, there's been a level of unrest as churches have tried to navigate digital, online, mm-hmm. and this desire. To get back in person, and yeah. he and uh, Dave Kinneman, who's president of the Barna Group, have been sitting down and just doing a weekly podcast on the state of the church. And so that's been fascinating to listen to, of just all this movement and how church leaders are wrestling through. Mm. How do we? How do we navigate? How do we pivot? And when have we pivoted too far? And when do we need to stand our stand yeah. our ground? And at the end of it what I hear them usually come back to in some form mm-hmm. or, or expression is be faithful and be in tune to what God is calling you to as a church community. And so for us at Generations Church, what I want to invite people to is to be praying for us and be praying with us as we seek to navigate yeah. reopening in terms of reopening, because yeah. the church hasn't, we said at the beginning, the church hasn't closed, the church no. hasn't been canceled, doesn't stop. It just looks different, and so yeah. we want to continue to be faithfully present in our yeah. world. And so, a guy like Kerry Newhoff and, and Dave Kinneman and mm-hmm. other yeah. just just fun resources help us think through what are the essential characteristics of a church community that stand in contrast as we weigh and make decisions. Yeah in a contested culture. Yeah. And so, John, let me ask, how does the access of information that we find ourselves in mix with the need for embodied community? We just mentioned that we're listening and informed to guys who mm. are not in personal relationship with us. It's yeah. information at a distance that we are receiving. How does our access to that mix with the need for embodied community? Mm. I think one of the biggest things that um, I think has become more apparent with almost everything being online and things being pushed that way, that's how information is absorbed, shared, connected. That's where everything is at the moment. Um, I think the biggest thing for um, kind of finding the balance between we have all this access to this content, materials, things being put out there. How does this relate to our community is filtering it through Jesus, uh, mm. filtering it through our faith and what Jesus and the truth that he has laid out for us. I think it was funny a couple of weeks ago, um, I'm a big Seahawks fan. I have a blanket behind me. It's all right. Um, and I was watching, um, I've been keeping up with their uh, free agency over the summer. Okay. You know, we've been waiting to see Jadavian Clowney get signed. Okay. Probably not going to happen, but we'll see, whatever. But it was funny. There was a, there was one day a couple weeks ago that all of a sudden Seahawks Twitter blew up. Because mm. there was this talk and rumor about this uh, trade for Miles Garrett from the Browns. Interesting. And so it was this whole 24-hour thing. Everyone's tweeting about it. At the end of the day, they come to find out that it was this guy on Reddit who had been for a year planning this thing of basically releasing this false information to just mess with everybody. Wow. And so there's a deep fake going on to just pull this prank on yes, everyone. Yes, there's okay. a big, like, deep-seated, planned-out prank to go— uh, into this um, this whole thing. And so it's interesting hmm. to see that 
that took up all the access and content and material for Seahawks uh, that day. There was no other discussion. They weren't talking about Jadavian Clowney. They weren't talking about if they're keeping KJ right. They weren't talking about anything else mm. other than, oh my gosh, is this a real thing? And even some of the stuff coming out now about like, uh, did Seahawks really try to trade Russell Wilson in 2018? There's a couple guys that came mm. out and said that two weeks ago, and everyone's like, if that was a potential thing, why is it coming out two years later? And so okay. it's it's this filtering through of there's all this information, uh, content that's coming out. And I think the biggest thing for us as a Christian community is how are we filtering that through uh, Jesus? Hmm. Um, one, we have to be willing to understand that we live in a broken world, and there's going to be some stuff hmm. out there that people are just going to do something to pull an elaborate prank to just take all of discussion hmm. into one place. But also to find out that there might be some truth and some understanding of how we act as Christians in the midst of all of this mm. stuff. Um, I think just some of the biggest things in which we've seen, and uh, honestly, one of my uh, some of my favorite things to do is to watch what is trending on Twitter. Like, what are the main hashtags? What's okay. the main news that's going through? Because you can go there and you can see this is what people are talking about. I can go online to CNN, Fox, and see like the main articles they're putting out. Yeah. But it's interesting to go to a social media and see what are people actually talking about mm. and taking in. And so, you know, you have to filter through the TV shows mm. and stuff like that. But even understanding like with a lot of the coronavirus, it's been such a it's been such a balance between one side, like, man, uh, things aren't what they say. Like you see a lot of people talking about fake news, and then you see other people on the other side who are like nope, stay home, stay healthy, like this is yeah. what it's supposed to be doing. And so it's like, how do you filter through that? Um, and really, I think the biggest thing we're called to as a Christian community is to is to not add to divisiveness. Okay. Not add to, uh, con not, not necessarily not to add to conflict, but to not enrile people and bring people mm. to anger so quickly. Uh, not to put something out there and that you know is going to get some some quick responses in the comments of how dare you how could you uh, the exact opposite so, side so essentially you're saying we should not be button pushers yeah we, should, we okay john you you hit a note for me there anyone who knows me for a while is i love to be able to push buttons i i argue the opposite side purely oh, just i just do to i do it too in some of my side. personal conversations yes. with people but i think even for us to understand that when we are embodying Jesus and we call ourselves a Christian, we have it in our bio or in our tag on our profile. When we go uh, out in public, um, we might have a little bit of a lenience to that because you don't necessarily have a bio that's following along with yeah. you that's pointing to you, Christian follower, like most of our uh, Twitter handles or a little bio thing that says, okay. like, someone can click on your profile and go, oh. That guy has a scripture verse in there or says Jesus follower, and yet he's saying these things and doing these things. Yes. I think uh, we have to understand that when we go online and we deal with a culture that is very, you're one side or the other, and it's very divisive, and you attack someone hmm. else because I don't agree with your point. I don't think it's based on fact. Coming back to the end of the day and saying what truly matters in forming community and connecting with people. Hmm. We want to share the love of Jesus, his grace mm -hmm. and forgiveness, especially to mm -hmm. uh, like to some of this that's going on. I think it's fun. We talk about forgiveness and we understand that uh, sometimes we expect in our Christian world that, oh, like everything's going to be peaceful and perfect. But no, like 
forgiveness is addressed for a reason yes. because friction is going to happen and we have to yes. be willing and able to forgive someone. And so in going online, it's almost this understanding of, man, when people go to my profile and they see I'm a Christian and they look at the posts in which I've been going through, am I pointing people to Jesus or am I just adding to the, mm. am, am I just throwing coals into the flame at this moment to ignite mm. it even further? There's a huge difference between information and relationship. Yes. And I think sometimes in our digital age, we confuse the two yeah. of the access to information versus personally connecting with, with people. I know individuals that they say certain things on social media, but they would never say that type of thing to someone's face in person. Yeah. And what we've got to understand is in our digital age, the information that we put online is the same thing as saying it to someone face-to-face. Yes. -face. But at the same time, we've got to understand the information that we are receiving, yeah. the access to information we have just across the internet and across the world. We have unlimited access. We, we have unlimited access, but it's fighting for relationships to have with tangible people yeah. where you work through, in conversation, difficult subjects yeah you know it's it's interesting when you sit down and talk to a nurse who's who's on a covid floor yeah. and how they're processing this situation versus someone who is saying well look at the numbers it doesn't justify you know shutting down the economy versus yeah. a bit the business owner who is be, who has been affected by this yeah. and again I, i've been interviewing business owners so yeah. to listen to them process this in real time to say Here's here's where where we're wrestling through, and here's what we're filtering through. Yeah. And at some point, and here's where the pushback is: is what is the right decision to make? Mm. And what I would say as Christians, what our precedent is, is first conversation yeah. with others, and making sure that we filter our responses exactly like you said yeah. through the life, death, and resurrection views. So so in those conversations, the type of character that we communicate. Yeah. with the person and then the type of priorities that we ultimately make decisions on and that's yeah. what priorities is is i'm deciding to do this is not so much what would jesus do but let's ask the question what did jesus do and yeah. can we find a habit and a pattern that aligns closer or closely with jesus rather than some of the cultural norms yeah and that's where every week we're, we're encouraging people you, you've got to get in your You've got to be in conversation with others. You've yeah. got to be in Christian community because if, if all you hear is the information at a distance and not the information from relationship, yeah. what, it, what, it, what can happen is it can become – you can start constructing straw man arguments yeah. or you can start constructing uh, – you can start debating people that actually don't actually hold that opinion at all, yeah. specifically in your local context. And that's, that's the piece that I would come back to. For Generations Church, while there's, it's important to be informed yeah. by what's happening in New York or what's happening in D.C. or what's even happening in, in Seattle, at the end of the day, we got to take an honest assessment of what is happening here in Clark County, yeah. what is happening in Vancouver, what is happening in Hazeldale and yeah. Ridgefield and Salmon Creek, and begin to say, who are the, who are the other human beings that yeah. we're in relationship with? maybe even think differently yeah. and sit down and maybe not face to face yeah. have that conversation, but say, okay, I've seen you post this. Talk me through what you're going to. And this needs to happen first 
yes. in the church. And I think where the church sometimes has missed its mark is it's wanted to debate people and have these conversations with those who aren't necessarily followers of Jesus. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, we have a huge opportunity to sit down face to face with people who are in the church and think differently and wrestle through some of that. And I, I know everyone's getting kind of antsy with, are we going to reopen? Are we going to get back up? And yeah. are we going to, you know, are, what does phase two mean? And what does phase three look like? And, you know, how, how do all these factors of politics and economics play yeah. at the core? We've got to come back and say, what are we responsible for? What are what are followers of Jesus first committed to? And it's first to be in right relationship with him, be at peace with God, and then begin to live that peace in other relationships yeah. and have those kinds of relationships. That is what embodied community truly looks like. Yes. And then it it's it's relationships that don't keep people at a distance, but invites them at some point back into your home and, yeah. in, and into your life. And I think this is one of those things that is it's tougher for a Christian community because so often we um, we can have this misconception that the Bible is just a book of answers. Mm-hmm. And so when we go there and it's like, man, how do I deal with uh, a pandemic plague that's going on? How do I deal with this? How do I interact online on social media? And we go to the Bible and it's like, it doesn't talk about this necessarily because, well, back then, Twitter's not a thing. Yeah. Facebook's not a thing. There isn't a coronavirus happening. And so mm-hmm. it's it's understanding that there are there are gray moments where it's like the Bible doesn't explicitly directly say how I as a Christian should interact in this moment. Mm-hmm. But what we have to do is be able to take what's happening in our culture and filter it through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection and what he has called us to. He has called us to love God. And by doing loving God, we love others. And so my actions and how I react, how I speak, how I post, and how I live in the midst of whether it's the pandemic, it's social media, it's other hot-button issues that we want to talk about, it's how do I live in the midst of this while showing love and continuing to point people to the grace and peace and hope that is found in Jesus? Hmm. Yeah, and I, I just agree with that. And I think to get super practical for here a moment, as John and I, yeah. we, we talk a lot about filtering it through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. What that practically looks like is taking how you would respond to a situation or how you mm-hmm. want to respond in relationship to someone and saying, okay, I'm, before I do that or before I say that, let me go to the Bible and and look at the life of Jesus as he yeah. interacted with people, as he responded to people who thought different from him, yeah. as he responded to people who, who were questioning where he was coming from. In what manner did he respond? How did he respond to them? And then as you do that, it's it involves prayer, and then it involves the Holy Spirit of saying, okay, Holy Spirit, do I need to just keep my mouth shut, yeah. or should I say something in, in this way? And I would say at the core, what it comes back to is a lot of how, what type of tone you say things with, yeah. the attitude you have towards the other person. Because it's one thing to disagree with someone, have a difference of opinion. It's another thing to think less of them. Mm. And then as, as we do that, the, the 
decisions that we make after our conversation with them, or maybe lack thereof with them, do we still work for their good? And so I think that's some of those things that we see in Jesus is, is he still kept pursuing people, he still maintained relationship with the people, and while there was a difference of opinion, he didn't yeah. distance himself from others. And I think that's where we as a church is, as we work through this, we have to know that the Holy Spirit is going to continue to shape us and invite us to be in right relationship with God. That change to happen first in us before we say, well, that person needs to change their, their opinions. Yeah. And so reflection, journaling, walking with the Holy Spirit are very practical tools that we have to do on a consistent basis yeah. so that we can function in a healthy healthy way and filter through yeah. this is life, death, and resurrection. And it's yeah. helpful when we look at books like Colossians where Paul goes one for <laughs> one. Hey, Jesus was raised to life. If you're a Christian, you've been raised to life. Therefore... Yeah act in this way. And yeah. we can look at ourselves and go, well, am I a person who's got, you know, who's filled with lying or malice with another yeah. name Colossians 3? Or am I someone who is characterized by forgiveness and love? And it's grace. And yeah. Gra yeah. And, and, and so, hmm, does my action, and then if, if, we, if we bump up against that, we then have to repent and go to the person that we wronged and say, hey, I still think I hold this opinion, but the way in which I shared it was wrong. That's where the yeah. Christian community can be very different in our world. Is not not always admitting that, not just in simply admitting that we're we're wrong at times, yeah. but saying I might not be wrong, but the way in which I conveyed my opinion mm. in this moment was wrong. And ask the question: yeah. Will you forgive? That's where we can we can ex have some nuance in our relationships, first in the church, that then display that alternative community to the rest of the world. Because, frankly, if if you have a very naturalistic worldview, yeah, you don't have to say I'm sorry. You don't have to ask for forgiveness. You just you just cut the negativity out of your life. Yeah, you just you always try to think on the positive. That 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 type of mentality is not supposed to be present within the Christian community. Yeah. You, in the Christian community, we're not supposed to simply cut the negative out or yeah. distance ourselves from others. We're actually supposed to work through those relationships in healthy ways that say, okay, we are thinking different about this. Yeah. How do we both go to Jesus with this mm. and how do we communicate who Jesus is in the midst of this? And so, John, let, let's go th go through this in a very practical exercise. What does it look like to make decisions when there is no clear scripture to address the issue? What is a simple process or what is, what is a couple steps that you might suggest when someone faces a situation that they're not quite sure if, if scripture speaks to? What does it look like to, to make a decision about issues that maybe Scripture doesn't clearly address? Yeah. Um, we had to get really practical. I think there's a few, just a few ways in which we could go about this and things that uh, I've even had to do in the past. And one of them is just directly go to God's Word and read and see what He says of how to deal with certain situations or maybe how to react or to kind of live or what to support. 
Um, the other way is to honestly spend some time in prayer and understanding that you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. He will illuminate and speak and guide you. And if we can trust and believe that and bring honestly, like, God, help me in understanding, one, how I should process this. Two, how should I address and live out this? Or maybe even how I should communicate or talk about this topic or issue. I think that's, uh, those are two things. And even another one is honestly to go to a Christian community. This is why we talk about community groups of getting with other like-minded believers, not necessarily like-minded in you guys agree on everything, but like-minded in the sense that we are setting Jesus at the top of everything. We filter everything through him. And so you go and you bring up with them. You say, honestly, I'm struggling with this. And you're able to have a healthy conversation with other believers, maybe people who've dealt with this thing or even an issue along the same path uh, to talk with other Christian believers about, hey, how how do you how have you guys handled this? How would you address this or deal with this in this situation? What are some that you're thinking of? So I think the only one I would add to that is because the Holy Spirit has existed in believers um, since Pentecost. We can look to church history and see how they have handled historically situations this way and listen and, and learn, analyze some of their context and culture and look at some of the decisions that they made. I think as we think through our present day, this coronavirus pandemic, we can look to the church and say, okay, what precedent did they do when the flu of, of the Spanish flu of like 1918? You know, pandemics that swept through in the 1800s, going back to 1500s, going back even to the early church of saying, okay, how did they handle outbreaks like this? Mm. How did they respond? And then what what did they call people to in the midst of that? And you see that what these early Christian communities, what they always came back to is a level of compassion, Mm -hmm. also a level of risk, not in the terms of, them causing others risk, but mm-hmm. them putting themselves in positions to care for others that may have opened themselves up to harm. And I think as we even think through our reopening process, as we think through pan- the pandemic yeah. in which we currently find ourselves in, we as Christians must be willing to care for others, putting ourselves at risk while not risking the safety of others. Yeah. That is a difficult and very nuanced position to take. And we've yeah. got to understand that our our response may be nuanced and may look different, but at the end of the day, are we going to work together? Are we going to be in conversation? And even when we disagree, are we going to put the mission of Jesus at the highest priority rather than our own personal preferences and so together we can maintain unity while maybe even having a level of diversity in opinion because we are committed to seeing people trust and follow Jesus and if you're watching this I just want to say thank you for joining us on today's midweek podcast we want your faith to be an everyday faith make sure you like and subscribe and be sure to follow us and if it was helpful for you today Go ahead, share this podcast, share this post with some of your friends. And if you have questions, don't hesitate. Reach out to us. We want to hear 
from you because we want your faith to be an everyday faith. Yeah.